Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Hanukkah Erotica Book Club. I'm Razel, and I'm here with Malia, my stepsister and co-host. Hi, Mal. Hello. And we are here to discuss all things Jewish romance. Tonight, we're talking about Going by Coastal by Dahlia Adler. But before we do, Molly and I like to catch up. Some of you may or may not know that we don't really talk too much between episodes. And we save so, it all for our public. <laughs> we do. So, Molly, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I am excited about to continue the Pride Month theme here. Did you get what was the feedback like on the last episode? Sounds like it was very enjoyable. Um, some There was a lot of laughs about... My knitted condom. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like people really like the episode. It's a good image. It's a a really, it's vivid. Also, I keep saying knitted, but I think it's knit, like the knit condom. It's not knitted. knitted, The knit condom. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, You know, I'm just happy because we keep putting stuff out there and people keep enjoying it. And so, yeah, I got good feedback. Yes. I I got a few people were happy about my expounding on my love for herring. And I'm really glad that that found a place here because it's it's an important part of my Jewish identity. I'm happy about that, too. Yes. Yeah, it seems like it was a a really it was very fun to record. It was very fun to read. That was knit one girl two we're talking about. And uh, I'm glad people enjoyed our conversation. Also, you would never know, William was pointing out, how many kids were crying in our, my apartment during the, the, the recording of that last episode because William tended to them and then edited them out. So Amazing. That was a hero move. <laughs> thank you, William, for that. Yes. And our listeners, thank you. And also, Mal, you really, I didn't know. Like, you just kept it moving. You just, that was so cool of you to not get off the train. The train was moving and you just kept going with it. I know, I know. I really had to, I like turned off my like hormonal instincts. I had like leakage. (laughs) I just, you know, I pressed on. Wow, that's amazing. I can't even talk about nursing without having a letdown. So be careful. Let's, let's, let's move on then. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Different podcast. So I have a lot to say, and I really can't wait to talk to you about going by coastal, but I want to make sure that before we wrap up today's conversation, we talk a little bit about Jewish summer romance and what mm. I want to see in the in the Jewish romance world. I'm seeing a little bit of a hole, a gap. Some huh. of what I want to be reading doesn't seem to exist. I think the answer might be maybe we have to write one, but... I just want to make sure that before the end of the night, we talk more about, you know, Jewish summer romance. Okay, that's a good, you know, I didn't, write. summer is is here, and that that is a huge genre in and of itself. Like, summer it romance should, as exa- a concept. Summer romance. And Going by Coastal, by the way, is a summer romance. It's about Natalia's summer. It's just that yes. it's not a traditional camp experience, birthright experience, summer in Israel experience. Like, there's, I, I just, I want to talk more about that. I think there's a lot of potential. So let's Great. make sure we just get back to that before we wrap up. Noted. But Going by Coastal is a summer romance. Absolutely. It's, it is. It's about the summer. So wait, what what do you think? Okay, I have to say I really liked this book. Like Me too. this was one of my favorites that we've read so far. And I 100%. I, actually, I can't believe I'm saying that because like A, I wouldn't label myself, you know, a YA person in general. Like, I've liked the couple that we've read, but, like, you know, in a very lighthearted way. Like, it's cute, but it's nothing I would pick up on my own. This book was very enjoyable for a number of reasons. Uh, I completely agree. It was very, very good. I like YA more than you do in general, but this mm -hmm. this book was very good. Really good. I know. Okay, so... First of all, I kept thinking, so, okay, here's the thing. So I guess we're going to recap the, pl- but the, the basic, the, the, the conceit is that at the beginning, there's this height, there's this girl, she's going into her final year of high school and she has to make this decision, stay in New York City where she lives with her dad for the summer or go to LA and stay with her sort of like semi estranged mom for the summer and get like a summer internship at the marketing company where her mom works and she doesn't know whether to make the decision and so the book then alternates chapters between let's like sort of go down the path of her deciding to stay in New York and let's go down the path of her deciding to go to LA so I was thinking a lot about your your sort of 
standard of like the pl- a place that the book is in being clearly evoked. I know nothing about LA, so I've I I I felt like there was some place that was evoked, but like I I have no standard on which to go, but I loved the way New York City was evoked in this book. Like it was so fun and it made me like excited for my kids to be teenagers growing up in New York City uh and like having fun experiences here because it just seemed so exciting but also sort of I don't know you really could imagine it that the specific places because I know all of them I was really imagining and it just made the whole thing very fun I could not agree more I feel like what I know about LA is like from what I like the content I consume Mm -hmm. movies tv shows just like things I've seen I've spent a little bit of time there on a Jewish summer romance you know, by the way, but oh. I spent a oh, slash nightmare horror story. But, but I oh, did you know spend, what? I think I remember this. Yeah. This was like right as we were meeting. Yeah, it was. I remember. Um, yeah. And um, so I have spent time in LA uh, and I feel like it, it did evoke that sort of like hipster LA scene a little bit. I hate that word, but I do feel like that was, there was like an indie food scene and we'll talk right, more right, about right. that. But I agree with you in terms of the like really feeling the spirit and energy of a city the way she did that with both the upper west side and the village was really palpable i loved it i loved it i loved it yes and the subway station i loved it so yes amalia did a really nice job kind of giving an overview of what the book's about but yeah natalia has this big decision to make and the way that the book plays out is that she doesn't make the de- she doesn't have to make the decision because every other chapter we see what le- what that summer is like in in if she stayed in the city and what that summer's like if she stay- if she went to LA with her mom and there's so many really cool things that happen um she the book is called Going by Coastal and Natalia is by and she in the city has this really big crush on a girl that she nicknames the redhead and Everything that Dahlia, the author, did here, I loved. Like, everything from the character development, the way she described the cities, the storyline, the conversation. Like, everything, everything, everything. But there's so many things that felt very um, nostalgic for me. Like, nicknaming your crush when you don't know their name. Yes. Like, the redhead. Like, everyone knows. And then all your friends. All your friends refer to them as that. And then they're like, how's it going with the redhead? Even her dad. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Like, I really, really liked that. It made me, like, just, it brought back a lot of memories of me. And then kind of, like, the, the, the like, relationship benchmark where the person stops being the redhead to your friends and actually gets a name, and that's sort of, like, a milestone. Like, okay, they're not the redhead anymore. They're Ellie or whatever. Like, that's for, a thing. For sure. For yes. sure. So I really just, everything, everything that happened in this book and the way just it all played out, I really loved. Um, but that was just one thing at the very beginning. Like, just her crush on the redhead was, it wasn't, I mean, I guess it was kind of like an obsessive crush, but an obsessive crush in a way that felt relatable to me, not obsessive crush in a way that felt like creepy at all. Like she, for example, had seen all the different pins and patches on her backpack of different of different bands and artists that she liked. And so she did like a deep dive listening to like all the music of like the Decemberists and bands that she only knew based on the pins on her backpack. Yes. But, like. I, I get that. It's like when you really like someone, you want to listen to the music that they like. And I don't, I just, I, as someone who's crushed really hard, starting when I was a little bit younger than this character, like, I really, really appreciated all of that. Totally. And I was also thinking about how, like, you know, our teenage years did not have any social, there was no social media back then. And I know Which that I'm grateful a, for. Me too. And I, I, you know, I know that there's a lot to be said about sort of like the ills of social media and how difficult it is to be a teenager growing up with it. But I also felt I felt like this book had a nice sort of like positive, lighthearted take on how like if you're, you know, responsible, if if you're responsible and you're, you know, you have your head on, you know, you're you're sort of well adjusted enough. It can actually be sort of a nice way to communicate and sort of like compliment to real life that isn't sort of like this dark rabbit hole definitely but there was a maturity in these characters that i do wonder how realistic it is maybe it is mm. but these characters were mature definitely. they were right and i mean i guess the fact that they were as relatable to me as they were <laughs> maybe is i think because you know i'm not 17 and haven't been for a long time so you know maybe that says something 
Right. But they or or kids these days are more mature. It both could be true. I don't know. Right. Or like city kids. I don't know. Right. Like, right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answers. I don't know. But the one thing that Molly is talking about that I really, really agree with, one thing that you're talking about that I agree with is that for there's one scene, for example, where this Natalia is still in the city. She's in the city in this whole part of the book. And she's seizing she's seeing a band in the subway station a band that she really is into she tags the band on instagram ellie her crush shows up there or dms her and then shows up there she's like by the way how how did you find me and she's like i'm so into this band that i actually like click on their hashtag and i read all their posts because i'm like a nerd like that and And i want to be able to find them like when i when when people spot them in a particular station exactly which that is was like cool. That was like very oh, cool. She's using social media like to actually enhance her life. Right. I also liked where there was a few days where they didn't communicate, but like Natalia had liked her post or commented on her post, but they hadn't actually DM'd or, or texted or anything like that. But she had commented on her post, and her friends were sort of like, "That doesn't count." I'm kind of like, I think it counts like something, but I just could imagine myself like in that kind of a situation, like. There, it's 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 communicating, but it's something else. Totally. And, uh, yeah. But then yeah. it's like she realizes that she doesn't obsess over it, and she communicates. Like it's it's not it's not too belabored. I liked that. It was lighthearted. I agree. I agree. Her connect. You know, there's a lot of interesting things that go on on in, on the Upper West Side storyline. And one thing that we often talk about in books is like how you know Jewish is the book. And I'd say this one was like pretty Jewish. <laughs> I, that was another part about that I loved about it. I really liked how they portrayed how the author portrayed this character's Jewish identity and the way she kind of shares it with her broader social circle. Like it, it she you know, she, like she's she's a nice kind of Jewish teenager that again I I wasn't so confident exists and it kind of like actually gives me hope. <laughs> like you know, in terms of it would it. it, it she, Natalia seemed like someone who isn't orthodox, but also really isn't secular. Like, has a right. strong Jewish, I- not just identity, but a practice. Right, um, right. That's, like, has rituals and is spiritual and is meaningful, and she sticks to it. Right. I think it's so cool. One thing it seems like that was a part of her parents' divorce in part, is that her father was more interested in certain Jewish traditions than her mom. And Shabbat is really important for Natalia and her dad. Yes. And what Shabbat looks like is like um, some kind of Shabbat meal, often with their neighbor on the Upper West Side, who is Orthodox and more observant. Um, and then they basically like hang out on the couch and read together, her Natalia and her dad. But her mom's like not so into Shabbat. But then in the L.A. storyline... Natalia is living with her mom for the summer and meets a guy who's also an intern at her mom's office, this guy Adam, who she has a very strong connection with. And I'm curious to hear what you think about that connection. Adam's into food and cooking. Mm -hmm. And Natalia and this guy start doing this like Friday night cooking Shabbat dinner thing with her mom. So then Shabbat and the ritual of Shabbat and that tradition becomes very meaningful to her and her mom, even though her mom sort of wasn't so interested in it in the first place. So Shabbat um, in both the the LA storyline and the Upper West Side storyline, the New York storyline, Shabbat plays a really big, beautiful role. Yes. And I also, two things that I really liked. One, her relationship with her uh, down the hall neighbors who are Orthodox is so lovely because it's like, it's very front and center, but the way that they observe Judaism is different. You know, her neighbors are Orthodox. They keep strict, you know, strict rules of Shabbat. Um, they keep a kosher home. They cook very traditional, delicious food. So it's very acknowledged. She goes to day school. Like, you know, it's very acknowledged that they their Judaism is very different. But it's not judgmental. Natalia doesn't feel judged. She doesn't judge. There's no comparison of like, you're doing it better. You're not doing it better. It's just Or like, you're more Jewish than me, which I hate. Totally. There's there's really none of that in either direction. It just seems really like they like each other as humans and as people. Natalia enjoys being a part of their practice. And it seems like the other, the more, the, the Orthodox girl's name's Adira, I think, like enjoys Natalia and learning about her life. It just seems totally. very organic and, and, and again, easy. And also makes you feel 
excited to be a, a pair in the city. I get it. Yeah. I really do. It was really yeah. nice. It was uplifting in a way. Um, yeah. And I think that and Adira and her, it was her mom. Like they were also, because her, her father died and she's living there. Right. Yes. Adira and her mom, like they were supportive of her. One thing that I'm very curious about is, have you heard about backyard camps? on the In the New York storyline, the, in, in the New York storyline, uh, Natalia doesn't really have a summer job. Right. And Adira is working in a backyard camp in Westchester because she goes to day school. And because she goes to day school in New York, it's not just New Yorkers. Like, there's people who come from Jersey and Westchester and, you know, to to school, which is re- realistic. Like, that, sure. that happens with all the yeshivas in the city. And New Jersey, I guess, um, yeah. where people are commuting. So so someone's out for the week or whatever, and they're like, Natalia, come work come work at the backyard camp. And so there's all these scenes of her, like, schlepping on the train and staying over at her friend's house and, like, working at this backyard camp. Tell me what you know about backyard camps. I'll tell you what I know about backyard camps. Oh, well, there were when I grew up in the suburbs, there were tons of backyard camps. I mean, they were, like, kind of janky, Um you know, which which this camp seems to be too. I mean, it it seems like it's at like an op very opulent like home in Westchester, which was not my experience of backyard camps. It was much more like a middle class sort of endeavor. But like as a teenage, a younger teenager, I worked at a backyard camp in New Jersey, and it was like in the middle of the summer, a neighbor reported the camp because like I think you're <laughs> supposed to have a permit to have of a camp. just like have a camp in your backyard, but no one gets a permit. It's just like. A, you know, it's an, an informal, you know, it's an cash, in, it's an, exactly. all cash it's, business. And course. basically the camp director, a.k.a. like some random mom that opened up a camp in their backyard, like had us all counselors, like a.k.a. five 13 year olds come an hour early and literally carry the whole camp across the street to like some <laughs> other mom's backyard where it then happened for the rest of the summer. Like, so yeah. my Like the tie dye kits. Yeah. The tie dye kids, the lanyard. Like, every week is a is a um a country of the world. <laughs> and like you know, a Mexican week we're gonna like make a quesadilla, like you know, just like very. Oh my just god! Like, you just know, like you know, cultural tourism in the in the backyard in New Jersey, in the most just like stereotypical, yes. like lowest common denominator way. Yes. Yeah, so I so in in Long Island, I don't know if there's a lot of backyard camps in Great Neck. I've never I had never heard of backyard camps. I was bussed off to fancy day camp. But nice. my, our cousins in Baltimore were telling us about backyard camps for years now. I've been hearing about this and it was really in, we spent it's, like a, it's a from thing. You're it's saying? a from thing. Ah. It, well, well, I don't know, but that's a, that is what I think. It seems like be. it is. Yeah. So, so yeah. in Baltimore, there's all these backyard camps. There's also really nice fancy camps. And we have cousins who like the older kids get like go on a coach bus to this like really really fun awesome camp that they really love but the younger ones they go to like camp bracha and like they they always now they're all at the older camp i think but like they were always like it was kind of fun but like really they like rolled their eyes at it and they're like how fun's a camp gonna be called camp bracha you know and it cracked me up and i understand like i now i understand about the backyard camps because of all the conversations with our baltimore cousins but basically yes like you know off the books $18 $18 a day or whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe that's steep. A um, bunch of yeah, high yeah. schoolers. But, you know, I, it sounds like some of them get a little bit more professional. They get shirts made. They get field trips. They have buses taking them all around the city. Like, there's all sorts of options oh, wow. for these backyard camps. But I did not know that backyard camps in the suburbs of New York City were were real. This book made me think that they were because everything else felt pretty realistic to me. And now you're confirming oh, yeah, that backyard yeah. camps in from New Jersey exist. So M- many, although I, none of them were as fancy as like field trips with buses. They were very like inflatable, you know, self-inflated kiddie pools and quesadillas like. <laughs> totally right. It's Italian week. We're having pizza. Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Right. Um, yeah, I get it. So so she works at this backyard camp. The thing is, like, because I'm an early childhood educator, I was like, oh, my God. Right. In the New York storyline, she will find her calling. Her calling is to be an educator. No, not at all. This was just, like, a part of the story that came and went, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She did become, yeah. Yeah. She did become, like, a caregiver babysitter for the summer. But 
that was not like I thought like oh my god this is Mm. amazing she's gonna work at a camp and all of a sudden realize that her calling is to be in a classroom no 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 her calling actually in both the upper the New York City storyline and the LA storyline is the same like she ends up really wanting to go into graphic design I appreciate but also again like is this the way it is now it's like she was feeling like I'm going into this year in college, like I'm going, I have to apply to colleges, then I have to go to college and I don't know what my passion is and like what a waste of money to spend on college without having true direction. It's like, are junior and seniors in in high school really feeling that way? Because like, I was just like a dummy, like I'm going to go to school because I'm going to go to school. Like, I feel like I know what I want to do, but it's okay if I don't exactly know what I want to do. Like, I don't know, I didn't feel this pressure and I don't know. It seemed, again, mature to me. Like, maybe it's more just like Dahlia Adler's writing this book as someone with a little bit more years under her belt. Right. Or maybe kids really are sort of feeling more like, I don't know, maybe maybe it is really because, you know, in the in like her friends are all pretty like she lives in a pretty like rarefied, accomplished world. Like one of her friends is like a trans influencer. Like, like with a ton of followers of and making followers lots of money. Yeah. And it's like recognized in public. Like, so I don't know, like maybe there is like, you know, there is more exposure. And so there is more pressure earlier on. Whereas I feel like at like 16 or whatever, I was like in such a vacuum. Like I didn't even, even know how many careers I like knew existed. You, you know what right. I mean? Like, I just I think do, my, yeah. my, my world was smaller. So, so it is, it's possible that that's just the way that things are now. I mean, it was inspiring. I, I did feel like her group of friends were were really cool, really yes. interesting. They had really funny conversations. Also, there's so much about this book. It's like even they were having a, at the very beginning, her and her best friend were having a conversation in Central Park. Um, by the way, I want to say something about parks. I want to remind myself I'm parking lotting that. But um you know, they're having this conversation about going to L.A. And her friend's like, you can, you know, go to that all-romance bookstore. Just go to L.A. It's yes. like they're, they're, she's talking about the Ripped Bodice, the store I was telling you about that's yes. opening in Park Slope. Yeah, like she was literally talking about the that Ripped Bodice. Fu- I noticed yeah. that. That was cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then like tons of music, a lot of books. Like I actually was – I was – starting to feel like is are all of these real because so many bands were real that they were talking about but then there were some that sounded fictitious but it's possible it's just because i don't know them same with books like there was a whole edgar Allan poe themed cafe with all these edgar Allan poe puns like so much of what was happening in the book was based in reality same with in the adam storyline in la like there's a lot about food and a yes. lot about traditional foods from many different cultures, all very well researched, right? Like there's like right. a peanut Senegalese stew they're talking about. Yes. And like there's just like food from a lot of cultures that they're talking about that feels well researched about what ingredients go in it, how it's supposed to taste. Like so there was a lot of richness and depth in this book when it came to a lot of different things. Yes. Um, but then I wasn't sure like maybe some things were made up. I, I, re- I really don't know. Yeah, the band on the underground band. I just wasn't sure. Right, the I don't know how names. many were like loosely based in reality, but with a different name. Um, these because were just, a lot was real. Yes, and these were really again like I think you're highlighting these were like very cool worldly sixteen year olds. Like they were really, I don't know, more sophisticated than I was working at that backyard camp for sure. Um, yeah no they really were and but the thing is the way that she writes like this the imagery of the kids playing at the park and then a group of millennials like getting really excited when they hear oasis is wonderwall like yeah of course if we were in washington square park we'd get excited to hear wonderwall and like sing a little too loudly as she writes and like (laughs) all all the 16 year olds it made me laugh i was thinking of us doing like um counting crows karaoke once you and i like just like so into it dropping the mic like of course if we heard wonder well we'd get excited too um she got you know but yeah that image of (laughs) but like yeah exactly like that image of washington square park Mm -hmm. and central park but what i wanted to say about parks is that a new neighbor moved into my town she moved from the she moved from the city of hoboken to to uh like right across the street from my house my neighborhood's really really social really fun and like everyone in my neighborhood who's around our age with kids like lived in the city or Hoboken before or you know Brooklyn the city like before they moved here it's not like everyone's like suburban from birth and then stays like you know everyone moved from the city and she was saying that she was having a conversation with her boss who lives in Brooklyn and she was like 
Because, okay, let me backtrack. I have a theory that kids hang out in homes with finished basements, okay? This is not a hot take. I think everyone has that theory. Like, if you have a home without a finished basement versus a home with a finished basement, if you live in a house, like, where do older kids hang out? High school-age kids. They hang out in basements. Agree. Right? And so, like, Mitch and I feel like at a certain point, like, we want to finish our basement oh, so because like, we out. want Binny and her friends to hang out at our house. Like right now they hang out at our house because she has play dates because she's going into second grade. But like eventually you need They're the finished want a basement. basement. Sure. Exactly. And I Agreed. want them to have that basement. Right. Um, so we were go- we visited our new neighbors and we were going on a tour of the house. And I remembered from when I had seen the house before, before they moved in with the previous owners, like it's a sick finished basement so we're down in the basement i'm like oh this is so awesome because i have this theory again not a hot take but i was like i have this theory about finished basement she's like yes but by the way that's why we moved i was like what do you mean she's like my boss lives in brooklyn and i was asking where her senior and high school twins live and i mean sorry where all her where her senior and high school twins hang out and they hang out in parks she's like Mm. oh my god like (laughs) I, i need a basement I need a basement, like, but before my kids are seniors in high school. I see. Keep them under your roof. You don't yeah, want them. But, and and then I'm like reading the book. But then I'm reading the book, and every scene is them in a different park. It's like, do you want to get Chinese and go to Central Park? Do you want to get takeout and go to Washington Square Park? Like, every in every scene, they are hanging out in different parks. So it's making me laugh because it's true. I don't think it's bad. I think it's fun, but it is true that that's where they hang out. Totally. In parks. I don't know. To me, that that sounded awesome, though. Like I, I was so it. excited about the idea of like it seems so wonderful to have like your kids meet up in a park instead of like a kind of like I don't know dungeon esque basement. It's true. Also, the parks are beautiful. I have another theory. This may actually be a hotter take than the basement, which is that people in this people who live in the suburbs and who are really excited about it are like, oh, it's so great. We're always outside. There's so much fresh air. No. I actually think that kids who live in the city go outside more because you're living in an apartment. You're like, let's go to the park. Let's go to the playground. Let's go to the you know, it's like you want to get out. Especially like so you I, can't really escape your parents if you're in like most people's brooklyn apartments even if they're spacious by brooklyn standards like you're still pretty much under your parents nose yeah right so it's like i do think that people in the city actually are outside a lot and there Mm. are big beautiful trees in prospect park there are big beautiful trees in the parks in the in central park like sure and so i do think that actually kids in the city spend a ton of time outside but yes it's in it's in parks even she was also talking about the high line there was a part of me that was like it's funny that this book isn't set in brooklyn right there was really no brooklyn no it Brooklyn at all. At all. And it feels like to me in 2023, this book could have easily, it just like obviously could have been in Brownstone, Brooklyn, and it would have just, you know, felt right. really great there too. It just, but I, of course, there's kids living on the Upper West Side still. Um, you know, just because we moved doesn't mean and everyone else did. But, <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, really liked it. I thought that her connection with Ellie was really strong. It was exciting, totally different than with Adam because with Ellie, she had this huge crush. There was all this buildup. Like right. she was the redhead. And then she, she finds did- out that the crush was totally reciprocated. Like Ellie had a, was kind of similarly sort of like she she was this figure to Ellie at the same time. Exactly. It was like so exciting. Very fun. But then they start hanging out and they really like each other and there's all this flirtation. Like there's a real connection. They care about each other. Like they support each other. Like I really really like them yes um the adam thing is a totally different kind of relationship because he was brand new so there wasn't this build-up it was like a totally different thing it's like you meet someone you feel some type of way it develops like it it was a totally different thing but there's also that nature of that it's almost like a summer it's like more of a it's more of a classic summer romance in the sense that like she's in a new city she's away from all her friends she's away from all her everything that she normally does and she has this like sudden new connection with a like you said a totally new person but all of a sudden they're hanging out all the time because she really doesn't know anyone else so it's like a camp romance type vibe of just like all together all the time but sort of like in this like love bubble Yes, and like full, becomes fully immersed in his whole world there. Like this guy, Adam, lives with his brother. His brother has a food truck. It's like a taco food truck. Adam works on the truck. It's obvious that Adam has like a, you know, major passion for food and cooking. Um, you know, and then she kind of like gets, he gets 
immersed in his whole world with like all these different food trucks and all these different like I don't know independent kind of like quirky cool LA chefs like you know someone does a donut truck and someone they just are you know cool chefs cool young aspiring chefs and um it's just a whole other scene and you're right it is more of like that immersive summer romance yeah and and also like again I really loved her just like her Jewish identity and like that she you know she's in this foodie scene but she tells them all like she doesn't eat pork she doesn't eat like shellfish and they're all like you know that's kind of a big deal like that's gonna limit what she can eat in a lot of ways at these like dinners that they do and whatever and they're like all right like you know kosher or allergies like they they even like get yeah it, like know? they know but like you know she she sticks with it and then and then I really thought it was so cute and this was very relatable to me how like he liked, you know, like he went and bought like kosher chicken for his, the dish that he was yes. going to make so that she could eat it. And like, I thought that was really cute. Like that was very endearing. Like that was very familiar to me. I remember like when we were dating, William's apartment wasn't fully kosher and he like was cooking a chicken for me when I was have, doing law school finals. And he like went outside when it was snowing yes. and like stabbed his knife in the snow to like Aww. kosher it. And I was like, oh, so it was like romantic. such a sweet thing. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so that was very Yeah, no, I've definitely experienced that too. And there's something about it that's really special and romantic and like really just beautiful. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Her, her parents, by the way, had met at a holiday party in Durham, North Carolina, both avoiding Trafe at a party. Right. So I do feel like given that we're Hanukkah erotica and Jewish holiday romance is where we got our start, like that's actually where this book really began too. Good point. You know, obvi- you know, this book was about the summer, but there were so many different things that came up in this book that I couldn't believe. Like her dad, de- food, food definitely played a big role. And by the way, food plays a huge role in almost all of these books. Like, I don't know if it's in this book, it was, it, it played a big role in a lot of different ways. Like yes. all the Jewish food that Adir was making, like the Hamish food, the Shabbos food, deli roll gets a shout out. Oniony potato kugel gets a shout out. Roasted vegetables, challah, like, you know, there the different ways of making with- gefilte fish. There's like, exactly. They, they cover it all, yes. They cover... Also, like, a filter fish is typically eaten on Saturday. I didn't know. Like, in my experience, that's not true. Is that true for you? Yeah, that, I, that's a good point. When, when I, I, get, I took... I took a pause when she said that. I don't think so. No. Uh, I don't think so. I think... I feel like it's, like, the first course of... Of either. It's, like, the it fish course one. of Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I agree. Yeah, I didn't... Um, but, yeah, um, Cholent gets a shout-out. But then, when she's taught... When he's taught... She's talking about L.A. with her dad... He's like, oh, my God, you're going to go to L.A. There's so many good kosher Persian restaurants. Mm. Like, you're going to get to try Gorma Sabzi. But I'm like, what is this book? Like, I grew up in Great Neck with so many Persians. And also, right. she's, he's, you know, she's like, he's like, uh, my friend Arash. Like, my friend Arash. Like, I have a friend Arash. Like, <laughs> like I was like, what is happening? I'm just like, there were just so many tie-ins that this book was just like, I don't know, really just kind of hitting it for me. I really, I, I just loved it even my favorite band is mentioned in the book she doesn't know them the avid brothers are mentioned yes. where ellie's like oh you know that i have to because ellie by the way we didn't mention this is a uh like a music journalist right again like not even in college yet but like seems to be like a critically acclaimed music journalist yes 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 again very sophisticated <laughs> exactly um but she's talking about how she has to see the show and it's supposed to be like this new band they like they think they're the next avid brothers and Natalia's like I don't even know who they are but it's like I I do like they're my favorite band like the, this book just like kept on speaking to me in different ways um another thing that I also have to say I, sorry yeah. this is a non sequitur but I don't want to forget it that my one of my daughter's middle name Hebrew name is Natalia and when I picked it William was like I think you made up that name like that's not that's not a name and I was like yes it is and then when I saw this I was like oh see it's a real name and then of course there's like a whole thing at the beginning where she's like this is not a real name my parents my made parents made this name up <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> okay it's totally a real name it really it's real is name. it is it's, so it's a real name there's so many it's nicknames a, I, I like all the different nicknames people use for her throughout the book everybody's names are good in this book also a bunch of good names. oh i told i i yes i definitely agree with that um another thing that i really appreciated about the book was that what when they were they, like they, there was crossover right so it's like in the new york portion of the book at the at the end, like she's there with Ellie, 
but then there's like a hot guy setting up a taco truck or like a taco stand in Washington Square Park. Like right. there's like this crossover or in the in the Adam part because this is a basically like a choose your own adventure, right? Totally. Like, and that's the way it's written at the end. Like you literally, yeah. they, both stories are totally like sealed with a bow. Like I really, really loved it. Right. Um, at the end, in the Adam story at the ends, like they're shopping for linens or something for him at, for his new apartment for towels at Bed Bath and Beyond. And she's like, oh my god. She sees the redhead walk by. She's like, oh, and she starts laughing. And he's like, what? He's like, no, 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 there's a blast for my past. Like, I just like right. that in both storylines. Like, there's this kind of, I don't know, like sliding doors type thing happening. I, I, yes, I except really, that, you I know what it. I liked about this? I'd never saw sliding doors, so I can't really comment on it. But my general impression was like, either she, it was like a movie in the 90s with Gwyneth Paltrow where it's like either yes. she, she she makes it into a subway and things go really well or she doesn't make it into a subway and things go much shittier, basically. Um, yes to that. But in this book, it was like things could things went great both ways. Like it wasn't, you, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yes. sort of like, oh, you could take the make the right choice or the wrong choice. It was like either choice you make, it will be right and it will be great. I liked that too. That was just like a nice message. I really like that. And you're right about that. Um, it sort of reminds me of the... Um, of an Alanis Morissette album that came out recently. I saw Alanis Morissette last week. Oh, I saw that you posted that. Where was it? It was in Newark at uh, the Prudential Center. So fun. I- I'm a different Rachel today than I was the last time we spoke. Like, I believe it. Was it was life-changing for me. Wow. But what, rem- what reminded me about what you just said is that an album that came out a couple years ago is called Such, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's like... You know, like sure. the road, le- like it's not in this book, like both, both are pretty. Like, yeah. you're right. She goes to LA. She, her relationship with her mom gets definitely closer and they really sure. connect. Yeah. But she stays in New York and we didn't mention this, but she stays in New York and just develops this weekly book club, like what you and I have with her mom. Right. And so even though she's in New York, she's like on the phone with her mom and doing all this book club by the way there was one part where she was like i was so glad that this chat was audio only like i was like you mean a phone call like (laughs) audio only (laughs) that's really funny correct me up but like no you're right like like the alanis morrison album like there's all these pretty forks in the road rather than like the road less traveled and i think um especially when you're a teenager i feel like you you can you can obsess over these small decisions and it feels like Every everything is so important, and it's like gonna hugely impact everything. And how do you choose? And like the drama, which is fun, but it can also become a little, you know, it it, it can become, I don't know, debilitating. Difficult. Debilitating. Thank you. And um, I think that this was a good message that it's like, no, you know, you make a choice, and it's good both ways. It, it'll be good. Yeah, and the thing is, like in both, she was in like really nice relationships that were mm-hmm. like super respectful and also like sexy and fun and yeah just like really nice relationships she ended up i told like i was saying in graphic design either way or that's where the direction it looked like she was going in she made strong friendships she maintained relationships she already had she became closer with her parents in different ways she developed this really nice relationship with shabbat and in different ways in both she had this goal of like learning how to cook and make Shabbat meals and I feel like she did a little bit of that with Adam and a little bit of that with Adira like she did explore that she wanted to do that either way and did you know and I did like there was a point where she was inviting Ellie over for a Shabbat dinner uh, and she was nervous about it and I think she made some comment like how she realized why now like she understood why it was important to her parents to find like another Jew to meet and, and, and marry and it's not like it's not the last thought she has. You know, it's not going to stop her from pursuing her relationship with Ellie, but she's also, like, she's thinking about her identity and how, like, when you're with somebody who doesn't share that identity, it does make it harder in certain ways. And it can make you feel, you know, like you have less in common or you're less close or there are more obstacles. But, you know, not like it's going to stop her, but it's something that she's considering. And I, right. I liked that also. But she did feel really, I think, excited when she found out that Ellie's dad had confer- converted to Judaism when he was on that tour was with Lenny Kravitz. That was very funny. That was extremely <laughs> funny. <laughs> and then uh, there is some part at the end where Adam is like, will never say never about, I think, his him becoming Jewish. Yes. And she's like, those three words hung in the air, like the other three words we're not saying. Like, 
never say never about him becoming Jewish definitely felt very powerful to her. Right. Right. One thing that we didn't talk about is just that like, this was, she was very privileged. Uh-huh. And was just like oh, yeah. gallivanting over like throughout the city in LA, like oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. making no money and just like spending like crazy. Right, 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 totally. Which and, was like, very fun, honestly. I mean, yeah, it was, and I am, I understand, like, if you're, if you're a teenager, and like, this is, there's, like, an aspirational element to this, too. Like, when you're, like, you want to read about kids having fun and doing things that maybe you're not doing, because you're not living in New York, and all your friends are, like, trans influencers or whatever, like, getting you into clubs and, like, I, right. I don't know what. But, right. you know, that's fun to read about. Like, oh, for sure. I, I loved it. Also, I did go out in the city when I was underage. Did you have a fake ID? I think I know the answer to that. Yes, I had a fake ID. Well, I also was like on the younger side in general. So like I didn't actually turn 21 until like really the end of college. Um, so yeah, I had a fake ID. Yes. Um, and actually, I have a very funny story with our our mutual friend, Daniela, who is like a little over a year older than me so she gave me when she turned 21 yes. she gave me just like her the best ex- kind of fake id her license um there's no know. better fake id than a real someone's real license like right. it, it is wasn't a fake id elite, it just wasn't my elite, id elite elite that's the best yes i have stories so it was about totally this too elite, except first. that like we happen to look nothing we look i mean we don't <laughs> look alike so i mean you know we're both like little jewish girls but like that's basically <laughs> where it ends yeah. But, you know, you flash it quickly and whatever, hope for the best. But there was this one time I remember where I flashed it and the guy, like, looked at it and then he was like, and Daniela has a very long, very Jewish-sounding last name. And he goes, spell your last name <laughs> to me. And I was like, aw. <laughs> could you? I could spell her yeah, last yeah. name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I spelled it, totally spelled it correctly. And he was like, all right. He's like, if you memorize that, you deserve to get in. And then he, let, he just let us in they know right they know yeah 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 but I think um, it depends who you get yeah so I I had multiple different kinds of fake IDs I had like the really bad one that you get on like 8th street literally yeah, yeah. underage like when you're 15 sure. or 16 in the city yeah. um and then I, and this book by the way brought all of this back for me like I have not thought about any of these things but the scene in the club with the fake ID and also like by the way I so like that like I liked it like they're not all like getting hammered like I have been talking to some people about like maybe young people today like or like maybe they're into wellness or they're into other things or they think that like there's other things to do and enjoy life that you don't have to just like drink 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 like I I don't know like they were definitely like there was alcohol but it wasn't like a I don't know it wasn't like the main theme of what was going on like in these clubs or like any it was the music scene and dancing pretty well adjusted like I said it really gave me hope that like you can grow up in the city with social media and you can still you know you can be okay Totally. And clubs and fake IDs. So I, my first ID was like a garbage ID that was like a fake Delaware. Like, I don't even know if it looked like the real Delaware ID. It was like, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it felt like a, so, so thick, like, like a journal. I'm looking at a journal sitting on a desk, right? Like not real. Um, <laughs> it did work occasionally. Um, but then I had worked with someone and her dad was a cop. And so when she gave me like her old license, I was like, this is fake ID gold. Like, I am not like five foot ten named Caroline Macaluso and that's obvious (laughs) but Caroline Macaluso's dad's a cop and like I'm gonna be okay totally and that ID got me through a lot that was really good that was really good one time I was in the city underage and I met this guy at a bar he had two gloves one on one glove across his fingers it said love l-o-v-e and on the other glove, it said hate, H-A-T-E. And he like held up the loved one and was like, you know, we were like having a whole conversation. She was such a cute guy. Thought, did not exchange numbers. Thought about him the whole week. Was out again the next week. By the way, it sounds like I went out a lot, but like, I don't know what, maybe it was the summer. I, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> went out again the next week to the same area. Malia, I saw him again. I saw the guy again. Wow. He was standing there when I walked in. I was so excited to see him. I was 16 or 17. I know his name. I know his first and last name right now. Never exchanged numbers. Never saw him again. I saw him two weeks in a row, seven days apart, and then never again for the rest of my life. Hmm. It's It's been um, 
Interesting. It's been you 20, up? 22 years. Okay, one time I told this story in Israel. I was living in Israel and I told this story to my roommates. They were like, look him up right now. His resume came up. Huh. <laughs> wow. Weird. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that so that's weird? That's the thing before the internet. That would never happen today. Yeah, because we would have been Facebook friends or Instagram media, friends. And you would still be friends with him now. Like, yeah, we would have followed each other on Instagram yeah. or something. Like, yeah, there's like, no such thing as like strangers passing in the night. That's like yes. completely, you know, yes. non-existent. Yeah. So, but when I did look him up in Israel, um, sitting around with my roommates... Like, look him up, look him up. Right, right, right. You know, <laughs> his his resume came up. Nothing else. This is really so funny. weird. That is so weird. Um, it reminds me there was a short-lived website called almostmetjew.com. Do you oh, that? I don't know about it. Is it like Misconnections? It was like Misconnections. Ooh, like, I love Misconnections. I saw you at the Israeli Day Parade, corner of 5th and 72nd. <laughs> you were wearing a long black skirt. <laughs> you know, like that type of thing. Love that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw love you in Muncie Blockbuster Saturday night. Love um, misconnections. Love this concept. Yes, this is yes, the kind yes. of concept that I would have been like, you know what we should do? A Jewish misconnection. And then like, obviously that website was not successful. Uh, I think not. <laughs> does Only Simchas still exist or does, did Facebook take over for Only Simchas? Hmm. I have no idea. Another, you know, another defunct Or maybe website. it became like an Instagram handle or a Facebook page or something. I don't Who know. Who Yeah, right. I, that's something I had never heard about until I m- met you and, and our friends. Never heard of Only Simchas. So glad we brought that to you. It's Me really, too. Uh, yes. Me too. It's a big thing. I'm checking my notes and we really covered a lot of what I wanted to cover about this book. Like it was, it was, uh, it was great. It was really great. There was, I mean, there was even more, like there were just so many things that elements, but like one thing that Ellie really liked was that when she met her friends, Ellie was like, are you the friend she watches all that Bravo garbage with so that I don't have to, I love you. Like even just like Bravo garbage, like bad reality TV, just so much stuff woven in that I thought was so enjoyable. I really did. Really, there was, really there good. was also some good like body positivity. I thought like uh, oh for sure interwoven, which was nice. Oh yeah, I agree. a lot of good. I really like. I liked the idea that this was this. It was a really positive portrayal of the teenage years, which I just found uplifting. I I don't disagree. I also though do wonder maybe do you like YA more than you thought, or was this just you a know, great book? I, I don't know. This book has had me quite... I, I would say the other books were, like, the other the YA books we've read so far were, like, you know, nice, but didn't make me feel like a convert to the genre. I think this one might be. Like, I'm, I was about to ask you, like, has Dolly Adler written other books? She has that I haven't read, but I want to. Um, the other thing is, she, like, has a full day job. Like, that shocked me. What? Because this book is, to me, like, this is, like, full-time, like... You are a novelist. Like, totally. This book was really, really good. Yes. And when I researched her, it looks like she like has a job. Like this is a passion project. And I just like, I'm wow. sorry, but goals. Like I, she's amazing. This book That's was a lot really of great. Yeah. I'm, this I'm, book was I'm, really good. Totally. She has ri- she has written other books. Um, I believe one was called Cool for the Summer. That is, I guess, another summer book. And I'm very curious about it. It came out two years ago. Um. Well, this book came out and like on my Libby, which is the Brooklyn Public Library, there's like an eight week waiting list. So, I mean, people are people are reading it. Yeah, people are reading it. it, it there was a long wait list for, for Libby from I have like it's linked to both the New Jersey Library and the New York Public Library. Did not get it on Libby. To- totally. It was I, I yeah. it was. Yeah, I, it's still being read. Yeah. The, her bio is Dahlia Adler is an editor by day, a freelance writer by night, and a writer of contemporary YA and NA at every spare moment in between. I mean, that's so impressive. It says totally. she's the author of the Daylight Falls duology, Just Visiting, the Radley University series, Cool for the Summer, Home Fields Advantage, and the upcoming Going by Coastal, a contributor to the anthologies All Out, The Radical Element, and It's a Whole Spiel. The editor of the anthologies his hideous heart that way madness lies at midnight and with jennifer lacopelli out of our league and crafter of over five billion tweets as miss doll doll e llama that's cute she lives in new york (laughs) with her family and their overstuffed bookshelves like she's very impressive Totally. I She's thought we were impressive books. recording this podcast in our spare time, but this is by, nothing. By the way, we are. No, but this is nothing compared <laughs> to her. I mean, she she's written 18 books. 
we DM'd briefly. Oh. Yeah. We DM'd and I was just like, anything you anything you want want our listeners to know. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm happy to but, but I'm happy to um answer any questions. If you have specific ones, I'm happy to answer them. So I thought if you and I had specific questions based on this conversation, I could reach out to her and I know I know she'll um I know she'll reach right right back out. She was oh, really nice. responsive and um yeah, I, I love her. Do you have is there anything we want to ask her? I don't know. I feel very satisfied by her book. Yeah, it was great. Uh yeah. I'm trying to th- I, I I don't if if our listeners have questions I mean yes, that would let be, us know. I'd be like to know but I I like I said I I loved it I just my only question is how does she write 18 books while with a day job is my main question oh my god she commented what she I posted that we're reading it I saw and that. as we were oh, talking and as we were talking she commented it feels insufficiently erotic for such an honor but I'm honored nevertheless and she sent the kissy emoji with three little kisses on the face. Oh. Yay! Hot she, hot off the presses she just commented on our post. Amazing. And this book just came out by the way. Yeah, it just came out. Oh, that's such a nice post. It feels insufficiently erotic for such an honor but I'm honored nevertheless. Oh. Dahlia, that was so nice. You know what was, the book was? The, the book was sexy though. Like she was turned on by both of them. It was. It was sexy. One thing that was represented in this book that we didn't touch on that I'd like to is that there was some discussion of self harming and also like a ton of acceptance around it. Yes. Yes. And I think that I appreciated it's, that. Yeah, yes, I did too. It's like there was like some some self harm. It was like in the past, so there was some scarring. Right. Which made the character self-conscious and there was just a lot of acceptance and thought that was super cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Super cool and, you know, re- relevant to the age demographic, I think, that it was about. Um, yeah, and I really liked the way they treated the idea, the concept of being bisexual. It was like, it wasn't nothing. It was definitely a topic, but it also right. was... Just like a part of who she was. and great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was totally accepted, celebrated totally not an issue just like who she who she is her friends her family just like you know also what i like is that like both ellie and adam knew that she was bi but it didn't make them it wasn't an issue for them right like right he was like he like he said something because at a certain point in the book natalia thinks that Evan, his brother, and someone that they work with, that they're together, and that yes, like she's yes, yes. making, she's realizing that they're gay before anyone else is realizing it, right. and and he makes a little joke like, oh, like your, do your people recognize each other? But it's not, it's not um like disparaging or condescending. Like he's just sort of like openly discussing that she's bi, and I think that's very cool. It's like he's a straight guy, but he's just like openly talking about how his girlfriend also likes girls and just super accepted and cool. So I think that's definitely noteworthy and important to mention. So the book was awesome. I'm so glad we read it. Great way to kick off the summer. Great way to wrap up Pride Month. Oh, did you want to say more about summer romances? Of course. I want to say that right now before we wrap up, but I'm just wrapping up going by Coastal. Great. A plus. And also (laughs) I really recommend it. This Me conversation, too. though it may have spoiled some things, will not take away from how great the book was. You will enjoy it. Read fun. it. Very fun read. Very fun read. Definitely. Molly and I both recommend it. A plus. Thank you, Dahlia. Yeah. Um, summer romance. So it's like, it's summer. I'm thinking about summer romances. This is a great one. You know, two different ways summer can pan out. But there's, you know, obviously the kids can't. But there's like, I'm thinking... Jewish summer camp. I'm mm-hmm. thinking how sexy that could be. I'm thinking about birthright trips, trips to Israel. We've been on trips to Israel together. We lived together in Israel. We went on we went on a trip. It was a not birthright. It was sort of like the anti-birthright, but we, we went on that oh, trip. Yeah, Encounter. Encounter. You know, it's like you know, it's like we visited Palestinians. Absolutely. Yes. Yep, you know, did. stayed with stayed with host families, toured around, like, you know. So a lot of sweaty Jews like on a tour bus traveling through Israel, the West Bank, like a teen Total. tour. Like there's just so many opportunities for hot Jewish romance. Absolutely. Jew- you know, it's like obviously we're Hanukkah. The Israeli Erotica. soldiers everywhere. Oh, I mean, like, come on. Oh, come on. 
So, you know, just between the summer camp experience, the the Israel trip experience, the birthright experience, like I just want more. And so I started to do a little research. There's not a ton there. Oh, by the way, I'm leaving out a whole category, the bungalow colonies, the Catskills. Yes. Jewish summers. Like, I'm, I left out too much, right? Like, of course, there's Dirty Dancing. Like, of course, there's Mrs. Maisel. Like, there's some book about the last summer at the Golden Hotel, but I don't think that book's a romance. I think that book's like a funny family story. And I think it sounds like it's a good, fun book, but it, I don't think there's a romantic element. There's certainly not an erotica element. Uh, like, a Walk on the Moon. Did you see that movie? No. Oh, my God. It's like a summer bungalow colony romance. Oh, that's like... The sexual fantasy of my teenage years. It's Nino Jewish. More instant. Oh yeah, it's a Should Jewish we do it in August? Colony. It's an old movie. It's like twenty five years old. Okay, that's fine. It's so good. Oh my god, Viggo Mortensen is the blouse man visiting this bungalow colony. Hot. Okay, let's do it. And also, I haven't told you. Maybe now is the best time to tell you that Jonah Platt wants to come back on the pod what yeah and we were talking should it be a book or should it be a movie and he feels like with his bandwidth in terms of how busy he is right now a movie would be best should we review a walk on the moon with mr jonah platt um, just thinking because yes. there's also a new there's also a new jewish hallmark well, I don't movie know. should we do something new a walk right, on there's the a, moon is... there's a jewish hallmark movie we haven't reviewed yet maybe we should do that okay okay so well molly and i will talk about it we'll get back to you listeners jonah platt if you're listening I'll get back to you too. Oh my God. Jonah Platt is our like regular. Recurring. Yeah. He's going to be a recurring guest. guest. Yeah. Yeah. This Amazing. Is, I know. Not, this is totally serious. Not a joke. Um, so, so yeah, between bungalow colonies, Catskills, the Concord, the Granite, like Kutcher's, like there's so, and of course there's been things created about it, but just the Jewish sleepaway camp world alone, like Jewish day camp even like there's just a lot out there and I know there are camp movies like theater camp Ben Platt's movie just came out like I'm sure one could call that a Jewish summer camp movie because there's tons of Jewish people in the movie I haven't seen it yet but like there there's there it's not that there's nothing out there it's just that I think that there's there could be more let's put it this way if there's could be 50 Jewish holiday romances there could be more Jewish summer romances and uh, and if if um, people don't start writing them I feel like we may have to but reading these great books like going by coastal honestly makes me feel like i'm more of a reader and podcaster of this genre than a writer like i don't have it in me to write a book this good this is like this is her side project i know you really need to have a vision to be like that's a calling that is like that is something that comes from within because she really put put it all into this i can't believe it's while she's also working so yeah i agree I, I like consuming for now. I'm, I'm I do just too. A, I'm a, I do an too. Avid so I guess I'll say this: like to the authors out there who listen, we need we need some more summer romances. Like, yeah, maybe more, we can influence the content from this vantage point. I mean, I think that I that's, think that's 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 a, this is a plea role. then. That's yeah. a plea because I don't. It's true. I don't really see it happening. I, I'm not, I don't see myself writing one, but I really like reading them, and I do want more. There's some summer ones that I found. Um, there's one that's, it's a YA book. Okay. It's called, um, something like summer camp, Jewish summer camp mafia. Maybe that is literally what it's called. Jew- Jewish summer camp mafia by Melina Saval. It okay. says 17 year old Mushki Mendelssohn has big plans for the summer before her senior year of high school, studying for the SATs, padding her college resume with an extra English literature class and a trip to see her BGF best guy friend and Matthew Berkowitz out in sunny California. Sorry, not and just that's the best guy friend. But when Barry Mushki's boy crazy ABFF almost best friend forever from a home talks her into spending the summer with her as a camp counselor at camp Kippawan Scott, a reformed Jewish sleepaway camp in the Poconos with an optional kosher meal plan and paper cups of watered-down Manischewitz, quote, we're practically guaranteed to meet a hot Jewish guy, Barry tells her. Mushki reluctantly agrees. When at the last second, Barry decides to bail and spend the summer with her newly divorced dad at a beach resort in Thailand, Mushki finds herself going to camp alone, stuck in the middle of mosquito-infested rural Pennsylvania by the uh, at a camp where she knows absolutely no one. Mushki searches fruitlessly for the hot Jewish guy that Barry promised, which is when she meets Devin mcgillicuddy aka deb a fellow counselor who's hot blonde and 20 years old and definitely not jewish Mm. there's one first of all it's it's crazy that those two girls are the names of my daughters (laughs) 
<laughs> how is that even possible? How is it possible that Barry, Barry spelled the same and Mushki? And Mushki. There's something weird going on there. Yeah, I don't even know who, what to say. Who is Melina Saval? Melina. <laughs> I really, I, I had not I feel heard like about. we need to read that book. But first of all, it sounds legitimately good. And second of all, based on that coincidence alone, I, I feel like I need to explore further. So, so first of all, it was published in 2013. So if anything oh. happened, you accidentally read this. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> Did I sleep read this and model my life after it? So, so, so that's. So the thing is, like, I was sure that you were going to say, I can't read another YA book. But I didn't know how much you loved going by Coastal. So now I'm wondering, should we think about reading this before the summer ends? Maybe we should. Okay, I'm definitely, let, we already planned our July books. Let's think about this for August. That's the, that's the Jewish. I, I think we should, absolutely. Jewish Summer Camp Mafia. Okay, I would, I would love to read that in, in August, Jewish Summer Camp Mafia. By the way, I'm happy to bump it up for June. I mean, do you want it for July? Do you want it to be our next read? Maybe it should be. I, okay, so, I, I, I'm intrigued. Okay, Why I'm not? intrigued. I'm intrigued also. Okay, good. Okay, so Let's I'm not going to read, I'm not going to read the summary of the book I was going to read. No, we'll bump that one to August. Okay, so the next book is, wow, this okay. happened organically. Yeah, Jewish Summer Camp Mafia by Melina Saval, published in 2013. Another book we won't be reading called Summertime Jews by Mark Schwartz published in 2018 actually sounds like it's like a really kind of quirky great read there does not seem to be a romantic element but it's called Summertime Jews it is not available on Kindle can I read you the summary of this even though I don't think we're going to read it this is a book about Jewish summer camp that sure. I found. It's 1986 and the Wisconsin summer air is filled with mosquitoes and aquanet. When the beautiful reckless daughter of a multimillionaire vanishes from a Jewish overnight camp, junior counselor and wannabe songwriter Eric Weintraub summons the courage to investigate. John Hughes meets Philip Roth in this coming-of-age tale laced with as much profanity as profundity. Mark Swartz is the author of Instant Karma, which is book which book list called a first novel of remarkable compression, lie satirical humor, impressive intellectual dimension, and sly provocation. By the way, even the even this is going to be like a really pretentious book. Like even the summary is pretentious. Totally, I'm like I, I'm the summary of the here. summary like, is pretentious. Yeah, exactly. Compression? I don't know. What are they talking about? The Chicago Tribune Review stated, Adept at deadpan humor and fluent in high-tone irony, Sports guides his misanthropic diarist and pseudo-Talmudic scholar to the works of a mishmash of tantalizing thinkers. My God, I've never read a review like this. The quotations within the (laughs) review are pretentious. Sports is H2O. Which was, was but I'm, I'm afraid I'm about to get to a word I can't pronounce. Swartz's H2O was hailed in book form as a deft vision of America's post-industrial future in the stylized guise of noir fiction, at once fantastic and eerily plausible. Jeff Vandermeer wrote, Savage, precise, clever, but not shallow, Swartz's writing lacerates even as it's deeply, disturbingly funny. I can't believe I got through that reading what? it for the first time. I feel accomplished. Well done. You are accomplished. And also, like, that's a book about summer camp. I don't even know. That's a book about, it's called Summertime Jews. I'll read it. I'll let you know. I cannot see this happening on the podcast for us. There is definitely not an element of romance in this book because I know guys like Mark's, Mark Swartz and they're not so... They've never had a too, romance in their too, lives. They're yeah. too cerebral to right, be right, right. erotic, I yeah. think. So, no, um, so, yeah. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. By the way, the oh, okay. reason I keep saying Swartz is because it's print it's spelled S W A R T Z. Of course. So course I it think is. it might not be Schwartz. Got it. Noted. Well, you yes, know, report back on that. I don't know. What I will. Else Summertime to say, really. Jews not available on Kindle, so this is gonna be a reach, um, and not probably available not available at our Kindle. libraries. I'm gonna right. check it out. Okay. Um, it was great chatting with you about this tonight. Likewise. Also, I'll say that we have an interview lined up for, about this podcast um, with none other than Alan Zeitlin, who's um, has his, you know, has his place in the Jewish canon as one of the original boy band members from the band 613. You may wow. remember him. Also wow. a Jewish journalist who's going to be interviewing us for a Jewish publication. So great. So check out that article. in the media someday You'll soon. Check out that article. We'll, I'm sure we'll post about it on, mm-hmm. on our Instagram. Um, it was really fun talking about this. And uh, so I can't re- wait for our next read. I'm really going to have to read it because I usually read things in advance. But we just discovered this here. Jewish Summer Camp Mafia. This is great. I love how the book, you know, 
we leave it all for our reader. We leave it all for our for our listeners and readers, and and here it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Here it is. What I wanted to read next. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this podcast is produced amazingly by William Levin, and we're so grateful. Art by Galdor, who doesn't really want us to share about that, but we're grateful anyway. We're grateful anyway, because our logo is super cute. Yep, it is. It's the best. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review, share, follow, subscribe, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, see you back, back in two weeks. Good night. Bye. That was great.